Thank you for tuning in to the Highest Praise Church podcast. For more information about Highest Praise Church, please visit highestpraisechurch.com. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Sherwood Lancaster. Last Sunday, we're going to talk about fruits of the Spirit. We're going to talk about the fruits, and it's very important to understand the fruit. The actual, uh, I wrote down just a couple of definitions. The word fruit, actually, in the, in the physical sense, is actually to be fruitful. The word fruit be fruitful, or to grow, or increase. Uh, it's the seed-bearing part of a plant. That's what is the, to be fruitful is a seed-bearing part. To be fruitful is a, is a seed-bearing part of a plant, which is the actual fruit. The fruit is given off of trees so it can produce a seed that it can produce more, more trees. Just so happens in most cases you can, you can eat it, and so, which, is, which is pretty cool. It's any natural product of value to man. So a, a fruit is, is, is very, I know we think that snicker bars are very, very processed for us, but actually it's not, it's, but it's good. It's good, good to us, not good for us, I guess. But, but any kind of fruit is a natural product of value to us. Um, that's kind of in the physical sense. In the spiritual sense, the fruit of the Spirit is the character of Christ. It's his character. So whenever we start talking about Whenever we start talking about the, um, the, the character of Christ, we're talking about the fruits. And, and obviously in Galatians, in Galatians it talks about the, the, the fruits uh, of, 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 the, of the Spirit, which is, which is, the, which is the character of Christ, um, which, is, which is found in, in Galatians 5 and 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering. We really hit joy and long-suffering pretty good. Um, kindness, goodness, faithfulness gentleness we're going to deal with self-control today and the bible says in verse 23 of galatians 5 against such there is no law that means there's no limits i mean there's no limits to to the character of god in our life absolutely no no limits the one thing i want us to understand here we're talking about the fruits of the spirit because we start naming these things the first thing we should be saying is we can't do it i can't do it i mean just long suffering last year last week talking about patient being very patient patient with people patient with god answering our prayers patient with the things that we need patience for uh today self-control i mean how many knows we just we just we can't have any self-control i mean we, we think we can maybe about 10 minutes but that's about it self-control is just hard so whatever be goodness being faithful uh being kind i mean these are things we can work hard and try to do but without the holy spirit of god in our life we just can't do it we can't do it and that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. We think, you know, this is, this, is, this is not a book of independence. This is a book of dependence. We read this book and we think, oh, we got to do it now. We, now I got the word. I'm going to read it every single day so I, can be, you know, so I can be independent. No, everything we read in this book should be dependence. I'm dependent upon you, God. I cannot do this without you. I cannot do this without your, without your spirit living in me. And the good news is we don't have to. And so the fruit of the spirit is the character of, of Christ. It's his character. And how many knows that God is more concerned about his character in you than he is his gifts in you? But if we were giving out gifts of the spirit over here and fruits of the spirit over there, I promise you, you'd be waiting a long time in line trying to get the gifts of the spirit. But how many knows once you got way that long line and once you got there, we would have said, well, unless you've gone to the gifts table first, you can't receive a single gift because the fruits is what opens the door to the gifts. And so you always want to make sure because God is, is just as much, no, God is more concerned about your character than it is your, your gifting ability. 
in what you can bring it because he's very concerned about the, the manner in which we apply it. So the fruit of the Spirit is the character of Christ. It's produced by the Spirit of Christ, and it's in the followers of Christ. So it is the character of Christ. It's produced by the Holy Spirit. Remember, the Holy Spirit is that he just, he sends the word. The word is in us. It's a seed, and the seed is, is powerful right by itself. The, the, the word is the never-ending energy of the power of God. That's what the word of God is because it's a seed. And the reason why the word is like a seed is because the seed power is in and of itself. It don't need anything else to do what, what it does. We do things that help it grow. And that's what we do with the word. We, 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 like you fertilize it and you, and you water it. If you plant a seed in the ground, if you plants or a fruit tree or wherever you're doing, it's the same thing in the word of God. But the word of God is a seed. And it will produce everything. If it will produce everything that it says it's going to produce. So if you've ever received a word from God, and everybody in here has, and most of you are sitting on the word from God right now. You're sitting on it. That means everything that you need. If it's a word, that means it's a seed. And if it's a seed, that means it has the power to produce what it says it's going to produce. Nothing else. And we have to believe that. We have it. So that's what the character of God is. The character of God is in us, and we have it, and we, we, are, we produce it by the Spirit of God, and it's in every follower of Christ. So if you're a believer this morning, then you have the, the, the seed of the, of, the, of the character of God living on inside of you. Now, I'm in Psalm 1. I want to deal with Psalm 1 for a second, and then we're going to talk about self-control over in Joshua, and then we're going to go over a couple of more, a couple more words of the fruit of the Spirit to finish up this, this, this teaching. The main thing I want us to look at, if we can, don't forget that everything that God is asking us to be to, towards other people, God has been and is towards us. I understand that fruit is not for the tree. Fruit is not for the tree. We always... I mean, and here's the thing, it probably be hard for you to categorize this because we're so needy as Christians nowadays, which we shouldn't be, but we're just needy. And so we want to produce fruit to make us, to help us, to help us. Well, honey, a fruit on a tree does not help that tree. It helps other trees. It helps other people. So the fruit on your tree is not to help you, it's help the others. If you don't like helping others, you're going to struggle. Thank you. I thought it was pretty decent there. <laughs> I just hope y'all got it. So I guess you did. Blessed. Psalm 1 and 1. Blessed. How many wants to be blessed? Well, half of you. Rest of you, we're still working on it again. Blessed is a good thing, okay? So now, how many wants to be blessed? Being it's a good thing. Everybody wants to be blessed. A blessing is divine intervention from God that calls your work to succeed. That's a blessing. Let me give you a definition since y'all are struggling with the word blessed. A divine intervention from God is going to cause your work to succeed. What is work? Motion against resistance. You ever try to do something, there's resistance? That's what work is. It's motion against resistance. If you're working it, there's a resistance. You've got to work at it. You've got to work at it. Well, a blessing is why you're, there's a resistance in you being full of joy, being full of peace, being full of patience and, 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 and goodness and, and kindness, just going through all of it, or, or, just, or just use the gifts, or just operating in the gifts of the Spirit, and operating words of wisdom, and words of knowledge, and the sermon of Spirit, but it's there. But then God, God bless you. And what is a blessing? We think it's just some great, powerful, just church word. Oh, I was blessed today. God, God's blessing me. What does it mean? I don't know, but he's doing it. I just feel like saying it. Ah, God bless this. 
What do you ask him to do? I'm going to ask him to bless it. Well, what do you want him to do? Bless it. What are we asking to do? We want a divine intervention. We want an intervention, but we want it to be divine. A divine intervention from God that's going to cause whatever I'm doing to succeed. Amen. So that's a blessing. And so now the Bible says here that it says here, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel that's, taking advice, that's hearing or taking advice from the wicked. Who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. or taking, Blesses the man who doesn't hear and take advice from the wicked. Hey Amen. That's, 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 that's work this day and time. You want to be blessed? Don't get your counsel from the world. You want to be blessed? Don't just sit around and hear what a bunch of sinners have to say. Nor stands... In the path of sinners. Another word, another way to say that, or blessed is a man who don't hear or take counsel from sinners or walks the same path that sinners do. Stands in the path. That means walk in the path. We want to hear what we want to hear. We want to take advance, uh, advice from people that we want because we want the outcome to be the way we want it. And we want to walk down the same path that worldly people walk in. And we still want to be blessed. Can't happen because it starts out, blessed is the man that. So you can't do these things and be blessed. So you can't have that divine intervention from God that calls your work to succeed. That's why you struggle. Yeah, Thanksgiving's over, guys. We're hitting it hard today. <laughs> right? But you know I don't get my advice from God. What does that mean? God, what do you want me to do about my marriage? Here's the advice book. God, how do you want me to raise my children? Should I be watching this? Should I be listening to that? How, how, how often should I come to church? Want me to do with that one today? How should I live as a Christian? Matter of fact, if I am a Christian, how would you like for me to act God? No, we don't want advice from this. We want to find a person who barely knows the name of God. We want to take advice from them so we can feel good about ourselves after we hear about how they're living. Okay. Thank you again. Thank you again. It's twice. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. There it is, see? And in his law, not only does he hear it, he meditates on it. The word of God. You want to be blessed? Don't listen to what man says. Don't, don't, don't walk in the, in the same path as sinners. But listen to the law of the Lord and, and, and meditate on it. That means do what it says do. Verse 3. And you shall be like a tree that is planted by the rivers of water and brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaves shall not wither, and whatever you do is going to prosper. How do you know a person's blessed? Because you prosper. Amen? One of the things we've been teaching you about, about prospering is the fact that we're prospering um, because we we, we, we're being blessed. And, and if you're, you're being blessed, and it, then, then you're, you're prospering. And, and, and last week, talking about long suffering, you said, well, I'm not, I don't know if I'm prospering or not. Well, that's why God, you need to walk in the character of long suffering. You need to have patience. 
patience. Wait on it, God. It hasn't got here yet, Lord, but I know it's coming. And it's, and it's, not, it's not coming because God's word or God's seed will not return to him void, but it's going to prosper that which he sent out to do. You got to wait on it. But it's going to happen. John 15 and 2. Jesus says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit. This is how important God's character is. His, the Christly character is your life. He says, any, every branch that does not bear fruit, he takes it away. That means you can't act how you want to act and do how you want to do and be how you want to do and still be attached, be, still be attached to God. He says, I'll prune you. I'll, I'll cut you off. That's what it says. But every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. He still prunes it. There's a difference between cutting it off and pruning it. He cuts it back so it'll, 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 give, it'll give more. Sometimes you wonder why it's not happening the way it wanted to happen. God's not taking you out. He's bringing you further in. Jesus says this in Matthew 21. Matthew 21, verse 18 and 19. The Bible says, now in the morning, as Jesus returned to the city, Jesus was hungry. And seeing a fig tree by the road, he came to it, found nothing on it but leaves. And he said to it, let no fruit grow on you ever again. And immediately the fig tree withered away. That's harsh, right? I mean, believe that's harsh for the little fig tree. Jesus is hungry. He's coming down. He, here, here's, here's the tree. We know the story. He came earlier by the tree. And then he says, then, and, and, and he's, he's coming on the way to the city, and he sees it. This is when this happens. And when he, he comes by the city, he, he's hungry. And so it's like, you know, being hungry, and you see the Chick-fil-A sign down the road. Well, I'm going to stop by there. Now, if you're hungry, and there's, there it is, and you get a Chick-fil-A, and find out, and you forgot, it's Sunday. Oh, man, they're closed. How many know you're still hungry? Just the fact that it's Sunday, you just realize it's closed doesn't mean you're not hungry anymore. You're really hungry. Okay, so with that kind of feeling in mind, Jesus walks up to this fig tree, still hungry. It has leaves. A fig tree that produces the size of leaves that it was saying that it has means that there's figs underneath that leaf. And so he's walking. Oh, yeah, there it is. There it is. He walks up to it, and when he gets to it, it realizes there's no fruit under it. And so he curses it. Or he didn't really curse it. He just says, you'll never produce fruit again. That means you're not good for anything, and it's going to die. He leaves. They stay overnight. They come back, and they walk by, and he don't even look at the tree, and the disciples are freaking out. Master, 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 the tree's dead. He said, what do you expect it to be? I cursed it. But why did he do it? Because the tree was signifying that it had fruit on it. But when he went to it, it didn't. And for that, God says, I can't use you. He's teaching us, just don't just come to church or don't just act like you're a Christian or tell people you're a Christian and not produce fruit. And the problem is we think we're doing good just because we showed up on Sunday after, after Thanksgiving and just because we, you know, we think, you know, we're, we're dropping our kids off and wanting them to be in a Christmas play and we think, but, but, you walk, but when the world comes up to us, they're hungry people. The world is lost. They're dying. They're hungry. They want the things of God and they're coming to us. They're coming to us and we are fruit trees and the fruit that is hanging on us are not for us. It's for them. 
They're, they're tired of the fornication. They're tired. They're, they're tired of the idolatry. They're, they're tired of, of, of worldliness. They're tired of everything the world is throwing at them because mankind is, is, is created at the same image of God. They want the things of God. And they, and they see the church and they see the people and they see your Bibles and they, they hear you see the Caleb sticker and they see all this kind of stuff and they walk up to you and they realize you're just like them and God says, I'll curse you. You can't, you can't help me. We're just talking about fruit. We're talking about figs here. That's important. That's how important. That's how important it is to the things of God to walk in the character of God. Now over, I want, I want to go to real fast. I want us to go to Joshua. And we'll put up on the screen here. Joshua chapter number 6. And in Joshua chapter number 6, verse 10. I want to talk about self-control for a second. Because I want you to know that Jesus had self-control. And it was his character. Jesus was very much God. He was very much man. And so it's the character of God produced by the spirit of God and the people of God. And that's what Jesus had. So now the Bible says, here's Joshua. They're getting ready. They, they, they've waited 40 years in the wilderness. We know that whole story. We, we, we learned it when we were kids. That this is a story. They're going to Jericho. They're getting ready to march around the walls of Jericho. They're going to march around them seven times. And what's going to happen? They're going to come down. They're going to come down. Why? Because they marched around it seven times. And so here's the instruction God gave. Now Joshua had commanded the people saying, You shall not shout or make any noise with your voice, nor shall a word proceed out of your mouth. See what it says? A word cannot proceed out of your mouth until the day I say to you, shout. Now shout I changed the definition from the front because I, I, I got a word, but I want to I sharpen it a little bit. Shout is praise before the fact. See, we praise once we get the fact, but that shout is a praise before the fact. You don't have nothing but you're shouting. I mean, I know nobody raised up in Pentecostal church, but old, old Pentecostal boy here, people will shout and not have anything. Oh, man, it's got a story. I got to tell my Guadalajara story. I was in Guadalajara, Mexico in the 90s. And we got there, man. We were ministering there, and it was a conference. And there, there was a room really about this size right here, and it was just, just full of people, pastors and wives and church, and just people right there in Guadalajara. Guadalajara was a big, big city there in Mexico, and, and all right there in the, in the city. But anyway, long story short, we're there, and, and there was this lady, never forget, you got there preaching, you're ministering, and right in the middle, man, she was, you know, gracias Jesus, gracias Jesus, gracias Jesus. I mean, just out above everybody. We just, you know, everybody was doing it, you know, just, but, but this one in particular. Well, r- r- real fast, we had a, we had a, found out a story of all the pastors that, that they told us um, about uh, this pastor's family that literally their house was, was, was literally in a, in, up, up, up inside of a mountain. It was like it was a cave that they, they made into a house. And that's where they lived. And it was the rainy season. And literally a week before we got there, the mudslides came and completely wiped out their house. And so, obviously, we were getting together. We were trying to raise, get money, or obviously, whatever they needed. We are like, what do they need? We'll call back from the States. We'll get them. This is ridiculous. The pastors, his wife, their, their family, their, their church, everything. But their, their church was fine. Their home was completely gone. And, and every, every service, we had like three services for three nights, and three, most time during the day and at night. And, and, but I remember this one lady in the middle, man, because she, she, she sat like right in the middle. 
And, and one thing she would you preach, sing, whatever, her main thing was, gracias, Jesus. Yeah, well, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Anyway, my point is, is that at the end, you know, we took up money. Well, how much did it cost? It was like 2500 American dollars, you know, that was uh, transferred over to, to pesos and how, however it was, you know, to build them back better at whatever they needed. And so we had it, and we wanted to meet her. We wanted to meet the family. Can, can I meet the pastor? Can we pray over the pastor and, 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 and his family? Just pray over and bless them. No other reason. I wanted to know who it was or anything. Just, just like I wanted to. And another reason why I got it, I wanted to, because it was that lady. The lady, it was the pastor's wife. I mean, he was standing beside her too, but, but come on, ladies. You know, sometimes you got to shout when, when husbands, he's too, he's too dumb to shout right now because he don't have it yet. And I realized right then, wow, the shout is praise before the fact. She's gracious Jesus. The woman don't have nowhere to live. They got a church, don't have a house. And sometimes that's what you got to do. You got to shout. If all you ever, if all you got is a praise, you're not going to get half the stuff you think. But if you can get a shout before you got something to praise about. That's why you might come to a church like this and that person's getting on your last nerve and you don't know why you put them in. It's because you need to be close to them because they got a shout. They don't have a praise because a praise, a praise comes after the fact. What, she got a house? Oh, I'm sure when she got the house, she praised him. You think she did? If she don't have a house, I believe she praised him. If the only time you can come to God is after the fact, honey, you don't get a whole lot. Sometimes you got to come to church with a shout. Oh, I haven't got, she hasn't gotten saved yet. My husband hasn't come home yet. I don't have the report from the partner yet. I don't have a praise, but I got a shout. Before the fact. It's still a praise. It's still a praise. It's just before the fact. And God loves to take a bunch like this and put us together. We got some praising and some shouting. Some shouting and some praising. I'm not there, but I'm on my way. Well, I can praise for you because I was there. Amen? So here's God. Oh, I got to hurry up now. So here they are. So God says, he says, I want you to shout. Because shout is a praise before the fact. And so when you start shouting, we know the story. So when you start shouting, then the wall's going to come down. That's what a shout does. It just, it just made the walls come down. Then they had something to praise about because then they could spoil all the plunder that was there. And that's what they wanted to do. And so anyway, so we know that. So they got to walk how many times? Seven times. And we think this is a little wall city. Now this is huge. This is the most powerful city known to man right now. It's Jericho. Nobody can get by. I mean, just the giants, everything all around. And the children of Israel cannot get to the promise of God except for through Jericho. You got to go through it. Oh, they got a land full of milk and honey. It's just, it's the promises of God. It's the land of Canaan. It's what we've been waiting for for 40 years. It's all the promises of God. Oh, by the way, you got to go through Jericho. Oh, man. No, we're good. We'll stay where we're at. I thought you wanted that. No, I'm good. God said, no, I'm going to take you through it. And you took him to Jericho. And Jericho is the walls. Real fast, the walls are so wide. It's not just a wall. I mean, this is, this is the, the, on top of the wall. The walls are so wide that they literally have like what would be equivalent to eight lanes of highway on top of the, the walls. That's how wide it is. So you, you imagine four out here, eight lanes. Because they had horses and chariots, and that's how people got around, and they had, they had a, a system where that's how they got from one side. And you didn't have the wall. You can get on the outside the wall. And, and plus, it was that thick and that powerful, so the enemy couldn't get in. You, remember, a city is only as powerful as its walls. A Christian is only as strong as your wall that you put, put around. Anyway, so they're up there. So here's the whole thing. So they're up there on top of the—so so they, start, they start walking. The first time, nobody probably didn't pay them any mind. 
How many of you start changing your life and coming to church and living for God? People really ain't going to pay you mind because you show up the first Sunday. Second Sunday, you got their attention. Are they leaving again? What, are they, what time is it? The third time, somebody's starting to talk to you. By the fourth time, they're asking a question. By the fifth time, they're talking smack. Yeah, you ain't going to make it. Yeah, you won't make it. Anyway, these guys on top. So the, Jer- so the people of Jericho is on top of, the, on top of the, 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 the wall, and they're looking down. And, but God told them what? He said, when I tell you to shout, shout. And what he said? But what did he say to go along with it? He says, don't say a word. Don't let a word proceed out of your mouth. What's, what's the title today? Self-control. Remember I said a while ago that we can't do it? We can't do it. I mean, because the first person says something to you, you're going to start running your mouth right back. You, what? I climb up that wall. Come out of you. And if we don't do it, the walls are not going to come down. Honey, see, we think it's the seven times around that made the walls come down. Uh Uh-uh. It was the seven times around and not being moved by the enemy. You know what I told you last week? If you're moved by everything the devil throws at you, he controls you. You don't know what I've been going through. All God's people go through stuff. Quit being moved. And that's the reason why you're, that's why he keeps coming after you. Because he can, you're just a pawn on the chessboard. Quit it. And so they'll walk around this building. And it's not because seven times is not the key. It's the fact they did it. And then open their mouth. Well, it was easy to open their mouth. Not when someone is hurling all kinds of, you are nothing. You'll never be nothing. I don't know why y'all walk around this building. This is the most powerful, this is the most powerful city in the world. You cannot get through this. It's not going to happen. You ain't going to get no further than this. And that's what the enemy tells you all the single time. His target is your mind. His weapon is his lies. Not only does he have a weapon, he has a target. Choom, 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 choom. And then you get on speaking terms with him. You start talking to him. Uh Uh-uh. Self-control. Stay on the fact of what God is telling you to do. To get self-control, you got to have these two things. Are you ready? Faith and obedience. Faith and obedience breathe self-control. God, I got to have faith that this is going to work. I got to obey what I have faith in. And if I have faith and and I have obedience... Then self-control is going to come down. And then what I couldn't have without it, I'm now going to have. And the Bible says because they walked in, not just seven times, but because they walked in faith and obedience and self, which bred self-control, once they got around there the seventh time, what happened? The walls came down. Church, if you operate under the character of God and you put faith in what God said and you obey what God said, you're going to find yourself walking into self-control. You're not moved by everything the devil throws at you. And the walls that wouldn't come down last year or maybe even this year, get ready for them to crumble right before your feet. And you're going to walk across and receive. See, it's the word. The word was on the other side of Jericho. The word was, I'm going to bring you to Jericho. You're going to stop at that mighty place. Uh-uh. It's on the other side of that place. Amen. 
So anyway, let me give you these words. I'm just going to, just going to tell you what they are. The next word, I didn't have time. My we're done here. Obviously, the, the whole thing with self-control is the opposite spirit. Let me help you this week. Let me help you come to, I mean, I, I, I hear you. I, I should have did this last week because a lot of you had to go to Thanksgiving and deal with some family members. Remember I told you last week, you get to pick your friends, but you can't pick your family. I mean, you just, you got to eat with them, man. I mean, there they are. <laughs> And they're talking all that junk and everything else. And you're just, I know you feel bad because you came back after them. But hey, we all, we'll just deal with it. But we have to realize come on opposite spirit. Overcome pride with humility. Overcome lust with purity. Overcome fear with faith. See what I mean? That's the opposite. I can't do it. Philippians 4.13. But you can do all things through Christ which strengthens you. I want words of wisdom. I want words I want me to discern. I want to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. I want to see miracles of faith and healings. I'm going to say, okay, let's just, let's, just not, let's just not cuss out people in the Walmart line this week. How about that? Let's just work on that one first. Let's just walk on that one. <laughs> you know, I started to say layaway. I started to say layaway line. How many remember layaway? Uh, oh, come on, somebody. All my Christmas come from layaway, didn't it? Go layaway. Y'all remember the Christmas catalog? That was the, that was the old time of the internet right there. That was internet. So get the catalog out. So that one. That one. Huh? Circle it. Yeah. Then you saw your mama at the, at the, at the layaway counter? Oh, yeah. Here's, here, here's, here, here's what would blow your younger kid's mind about layaway. You didn't get it till you paid for it. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm here to get, I'm here to get my AirPods. Um, that'd be $37.52 more. Oh, no, I'll, I'll pay for it. Give me the AirPods and I'll pay for it later. You imagine them chick behind the layaway counter looking like you're shit. Wait a minute, you want me to give you these and you're going to pay for it later? <laughs> Put it right back in the back. Okay. So if you got nothing to praise God for you, thank God that layaway is over. Now you're the swipey swipey and get what you want. Meekness is love under discipline. Sometimes we've got to be meek because if you want self-control, you've got to walk in meekness. Meekness is restraint that is coupled with strength and courage. God would not give you power if he can't trust you with it. Blessed is the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Oh, I don't have time for that one. Temperance, which is self-control, that's love and training. If meekness is love under discipline, then self-control is temperance, that's love and training. Faithfulness is love on the battlefield. There had to be faith and obedience is self-control man faithfulness is what is bred by faith you got faith in God it produces faithfulness faithfulness is love on the battlefield because all the fruits has to do with love but you you don't know how much faith you have until you're in a good fight everyone's got faith this morning Trees are pretty, songs are good, preacher's doing great, everything's happening. Let's <laughs> do the preacher thing in there, but everything is doing good. But you don't realize how much of a battlefield it is until you have to trust God and take Him at His word. And that's what it is. 
gentleness. I want to. Here's here's what I want to get to is gentleness. I love this word gentleness because it's if, if faithfulness is love on the battlefield and and, and self control is love in training and meekness is is love under uh, discipline. Gentleness is love enduring. And the one thing I want to close with on this, as far as the fruit of the spirit, is I want you, I don't want you to look at it. And this was I think it's a mistake we make as far as walking in the fruit of the Spirit as in fact, okay, I have to do this. And the only reason why we want to do it is because we're afraid that we're not going to be blessed unless we do. And there's nothing wrong with that, but that doesn't what keep you. What keeps you when you realize that everything that God wants me to do to others, He does it for me every single day. He's long-suffering towards me every single day. What does that mean? He's patient towards me every single day God is, has self-control concerning me right how many is thankful that God doesn't react oh come on now I'm glad he don't react I mean he's so powerful oh I just destroyed him I'm sorry I shouldn't react it God doesn't react he responds what does that take he teaching us self-control. Don't react. Respond. And so God teaches us these things through self-control. Teaches these things. The one that I, so, so what you do. But the, the one thing I love is gentleness. And gentleness, the actual meaning of gentleness is kindness. Is kindness. And this word is frequently used to depict God's dealing with his people. How many know that God is kind towards us? We're talking about the goodness of God. We just sung a song. We've been blessed by the goodness of God. It is goodness, but it's the kindness of God. We, he's kind. Kind is love dealing with people in their faults. We have faults, or people has faults, but God is kind. You can deal with people that have faults because you have faults and God still deals with you. When we forget that God deals with us even though we have faults, then we can deal with others even though they have faults. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. It's not the deceived that we're after. It's the deceiver. And the one thing that is happening in America, and I'm telling you this happened to church. That's why we have it. See, we, we think, see, we, the Bible says the end time is drawing near. How many knows it is? Jesus is coming back, right? How do we know? I'll be honest with you. It's not because when I got here this morning, there was a line of people up to the road trying to get in the door. And the ushers told me, we're full already, Pastor. We got to get these. We got, we're going to serve them. And then we're going to put somebody who allowed them to come in. That's not what we have. We know it's the end days. It's because sinners are sinning like never before. And we're getting mad and madder at the deceived. I don't, I don't agree with your politics. I don't agree with, with your definition of a marriage. Well, I don't either. I don't agree with your, your wokeism. I don't, I don't agree with your, all this kind. I don't either. But don't get mad at the deceived. Get mad at the deceiver. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood. We're wrestling against the deceiver. He deceives everybody. But guess what? Such for some of us. Everybody in here has been deceived. And I'm thankful that God put me around a bunch of people that didn't fight me to deceive, 
they went to battle against a deceiver on my behalf. There might not have been anything in me to, 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 to be, to be long-suffering for. There might not have been nothing in me for people to have self-control over. There might not have been anything in me for people to be meek over. There might not have been anything for people to be good over. But people was kind. People was kind. And because they were kind, I was able to taste the goodness of God. Amen. You want revival? You want revival in your life? Before you have revival in the church, we're going to have revival in our hearts. And we start being kind. Then get on your last nerve. But you know what? God has given you the fruit of the Spirit to better be kind. And when God sees that He can trust you with kindness, then He'll trust you with prophecy. When God can trust you with meekness, He'll trust you with laying hands on the sick and saying they'll recover. When he comes by highest praise, he's not looking to see, do I have a good usher team that can catch people, they fall out. If I got a good uh, discipling team here to make sure everybody is in order, you know, just in case, you know, people receive a word and what to do with it. He's making sure that we're walking in love, joy, peace, kindness, right? Long suffering, right? And then when he sees, wow, look at this tree. He sees us as a tree with fruit hanging off of it. Well, no wine. That's the seed-bearing part. We want everybody to see our big tree. He's not looking at a tree. He's looking at what's underneath the leaves of that tree. Will it produce seeds that will produce more fruit? Then he sends the gifts. And he'll trust us with it because faithfulness. He says, you've been faithful with small things, so I'll make you ruler of many. What does the word faithful mean? Trustworthy. Go on, highest praise. I'm talking to you. I'm passionate right now. I mean, this this place is a well-oiled machine, my friend. This place is run right. We got great people around here. Unbelievable what we're able to do. That's not what it, it does. Excellence promotes the things of God. But what he's really looking at, can I trust you? once God can see that he can trust you then he starts blessing with more than you can even carry if he can't trust you he ain't going to give it to you and that's what the character of God produced by the spirit of God in the people of God and that's what we hope you enjoyed this message from our weekend experience if you want to partner with us as we see lives changed and God's kingdom advanced you can donate through our website highestpraisechurch.com And if you would like to stay up to date with all that God is doing here, be sure to follow us on Instagram at highest.praisechurch and like us on Facebook at Highest Praise Church. We can't wait to see you soon.